0: Welcome to Positively Leading, the podcast that's all about helping you grow your resilience, leadership and influence. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Howling, and each week we will be diving into a variety of topics related to leadership, communication and personal growth. From feedback and accountability to diversity and inclusion, we'll explore the skills and strategies that you need to become a more effective leader. So whether you are looking to improve your communication skills, build stronger relationships with your team, or simply become more confident in your role, join me on this journey of growth and discovery and let's get positively leading. In the words of JFK, leadership and learning are indispensable to each other. I love this quote. I used it in my doctoral thesis as well. It's one that's always resonated with me because we learn all the time as leaders. We are never done, or at least we never should be. But sometimes when we are pulled in what can feel like a million and one directions, whether that's school improvement objectives, lesson observations, assessment, health and safety, safeguarding, preparing for the next inspection and more, when that to-do list can seem never-ending, it can be really hard to prioritise learning. And that's what this episode is all about, because learning doesn't have to seem like another thing to do. We can take ownership of learning, build it into everything you do for you and your team and most importantly, figure out different ways, powerful, strong ways that work for you so that you can learn well from experience. So welcome to today's episode of Positively Leading. And the episode is going to be split into three parts. We're going to be exploring learning from your perspective as a leader and that's whether you're an emerging, a middle, or a senior leader. And there'll be two strategies with frameworks here. Then, from the perspective of your team, with three ideas that will help you look at learning from different angles, both for, with, as, and from your team. But the third, and this is where we're going to start, is about adopting a learning mindset and heartset. Because without working on this, any learning that you do will not be as impactful. And that's where we're going to start. So if you're ready, I know I am, we'll dive into today's episode with the question, what do I mean by a learning mindset and heartset? Well, firstly, I guess it's the maxim of always learning. So being open-minded and open-hearted. And I, I feel like I'm throwing quotes at you today, actually. But another one I love is, everyone you will ever meet knows something you don't. And this was said by Bill Nye. So everyone you will ever meet knows something you don't. And when we're moving up the leadership ladder, it can be easy to fall into the the mindset trap of I know more things than others. And this might well be true, because if you're in a senior leadership position, you'll probably know much more about your school, the overall school, than a teacher, just from the well-rounded nature of your role. However, remembering that whilst you might know more stuff and have that bird's eye view of things, everyone in school knows something you don't. And this links in with the work of Edgar Schein, who wrote about Humble Inquiry. And this also links really closely with humble leadership, because if we have that open minded, open hearted approach, the way we ask questions can actually help to build relationships as well. So if we are going into things with a learning mindset and we want to build relationships, then we're going to ask our questions on the assumption that other people's values might be different to ours but they're no worse and no better than our own and also we also may need to know what others know in order to solve our problems so that learning mindset recognizes this actually it doesn't just recognize it it celebrates it and it engages people through it and this means being vulnerable and saying i don't know or saying what do you think or you know what do you think could help here And through this, you learn and you build a relationship at the same time, which is win-win, right? (laughs) So that's number one. The second thing to do with a learning mindset is one of intellectual curiosity and humility. Now, when I did some research last year into what makes a great leader, a surprising number of responses were about how a great leader is someone who is prepared to change their mind when they learn something new. So be open to this, you know, having strong knowledge, having strong understanding and opinions, but then holding them lightly and being prepared to listen and change your mind. One of my favourite questions that kept me on track and out of deep water most of the time was how might I be wrong? And it served me well. And I still ask it of myself all the time now. And then if we also think about heart set, what's a learning heart set? Well, this is about having compassion for yourselves and also for others. So to truly learn, we need to really think about mistakes, not as endings or failures, but as beginnings and new possibilities. And to do this, we need to feel safe and we need to be kind to ourselves. And this means staying out of judgment and blame. So when we and others make mistakes, which we will because we are gloriously human, being non-judgmental and kind is key. We can be super hard on ourselves, right? Well, I know I can, especially when things go wrong. So, trying to build that increased awareness of when you might judge yourself or blame yourself and others for different things. Because when that happens, it's really easy to get stuck. And when we get stuck, we can't think of solutions or ways through things. So, being kind to yourself and shifting into curiosity can be really helpful here. So, that's the learner mindset and heart set. You can always learn something from everyone, it's about intellectual humility and the courage to change your mind and actually if you want a little bit more information on courage this is one of the muscles to build for courageous leadership so head to episode 10 for a little bit more on this as well and also the third one then learning means making mistakes so remember the antidote to judgment is compassion and curiosity okay so with the learning mindset and heart set established let's think then about part two which is Learning for you as an individual, for you as a leader, what, whatever level you are in leadership, whether you're emerging, middle or senior. And let's return to the quote actually that we started with, which is that leadership and learning are indispensable to each other. And with this in mind, you, the leader, you're the person that's responsible for your own learning. The more or the further you move up the different levels and layers of leadership, the less likely someone is going to tell you that you need to learn something. The less likely somebody is to offer you feedback. It really is down to you. So taking control of this in the best way possible and creating a learning plan for yourself. Now a great model for this is from Richard Boyatzis and it's a self-directed learning model. And this is also known as the theory or model of intentional change. And this is the first of two strategies for your own learning. Now, my doctoral research focused on the interrelationship between learning, leading and becoming. And the Boyasis model is a really great model to support this. Because as a leader, we're not just thinking about going on a course, you know, on a program. We really want to be thinking about intentionally developing an aspect of, of who you are or who you want to be or both. So, the change may relate to you taking on a new role. It might be making a career move, or it might be just developing behaviors to enhance your effectiveness as a leader. I'm going to talk you through it briefly, but I'm also going to pop a resource in the show notes for you as well, because I'm going to give you some questions and uh, the different steps from the Boyatzis model as well. So, the first step is to, the first step of five is to discover your ideal self. And this is the first step in making any kind of intentional change. And it's defining what your ideal self is by forming a really clear sense of who you would like to be and what you'd like to achieve. So think about the kind of personal leader you'd like to be. Be really specific. You know, would you like to be more empathic? Would you like to feel more energetic, engaged or motivated? Would you like to have more compassion or patience or be more assertive? It might be domain-specific. It might be, I want to learn about timetabling or budgeting or financial management. Identify from this some short and long-term goals. And then discard the goals that don't excite you. Keep exploring until you find the ones that you really would genuinely like to achieve. And if you're thinking about senior leadership and you think, well, I know I really must learn how timetabling works, even though the idea of timetabling makes me want to run out of school screaming, You know, challenge that belief and go and find out. You know, I've worked with and employed many deputies who don't have that direct experience and that's okay. But find what what ignites that fire, that passion within you, the things that you really want to learn that are going to help you be the best leader you can be. And then write out all your hopes and aspirations, even if later that you decide some of them are not immediately achievable. Okay, so that's step one. Then step two, this is where you discover the real self you know, the person you are now, this can be challenging because many of us have trouble seeing ourselves as we are, and that's our strengths and our weaknesses. So use a tool, maybe like a personal SWOT analysis. You might want to take a you know, personality inventory like the MBTI or StrengthsFinder, or simply ask yourself, what do I like most and least about myself? Where have I been really successful and happy and effective? What was I doing and what was the reverse of that? You might want to gather feedback from family, colleagues, the person you report to. You know, you might want to do 360 feedback, but gather that information about who are you now. And then you can look at those gaps. You can create a learning agenda, a learning plan, which is step three to help you to bridge those gaps. The gap between the current reality, who you are, and the vision of who you want to be. And here... It's human nature, really, to think about addressing the weak areas first, but start by playing to your strengths. Start there, okay? because that, through research, has proven to be most impactful. Now, your learning plan is going to really help you to monitor progress by reflecting on what's working and what needs to change. And it's going to help you to stay focused and on track, but keep it doable and as simple as possible. So you might have three overall targets and then two to three actions for each of them. And through each of these, think about the resources that you'll need. This could include financial support for further education. It might include development opportunities like secondments or mentoring or internal, external coaching. But really get clear on how you can achieve that. Then step four, this is about experimenting and practicing new ways of being. And this is all about just testing things out. What works for you in terms of learning, in terms of putting things into practice, and then reflecting, remembering the mindset and the heart set of learning. And you'll need that at this stage because things will go wrong. And then once you've settled on these new ways of doing things, you know you're heading in the right direction and you're practicing, um, try and build this into habits. And again, and I'm plugging different episodes here, but episode 11 will help you to build better habits because when you're trying to do something new, the small things that you can do on a day-to-day basis... Every day, this can reinforce the change and the improvements that you're making. So make it a habit and make it small, break it down. The fifth step is about developing trusting relationships and get others to help you. So share with some people who you trust, that you know, what it is you're wanting to do and why you want to do it. Share your learning plan with them and invite their support or you could find a mentor or a coach to support you as well. But this systematic approach to learning and change can put the foundations in place for longer term development for you. So taking ownership of your learning. Now, the second strategy, or this is actually probably more like a tip than a big old strategy, is to never underestimate the untapped power and potential of learning from experience. And again, my doctoral research pointed to this being one of the most powerful components of learning. And I talk about this in episode nine from the perspective of building confidence through experience. It's not just about doing the stuff and having an experience. It's the quality of the experience, the quality of your reflection and how you interpret your performance that has the strongest and most lasting effect on learning and also on self-confidence, for better or worse. So when you've had a learning experience, make sure that you're building in structured reflection. You might want to use a model. I'll share one in a moment with you. With questions that support your thinking. So, really mind the learning throughout your reflection. And again, my research with leaders demonstrated this to be a super successful process to learn and develop from experience, building confidence and competence. Now, when you are reflecting, it's really important to remember that we are wired to spot the negative. So, make sure that you take the time to identify the skills and the positive attributes that you've shown through the experience. And write down that list of skills and build on each of them. Now, in education, I think we all know the EBI, what went well and even better ifs. But for a deeper reflection, I'm going to share with you now a reflective cycle from Gibbs. And this was designed to give structure to learning from our experiences. And it offers a framework for examining these experiences. And given its cyclic nature, lends really well to repeated experiences. So this allows you to learn and plan from things that either went well or didn't go well, okay? And this covers six stages. The first stage is description. So you describe the event, what happened, who was involved, what was the outcome. You're keeping it really factual. The second is about thoughts and feelings about the experience. So here you can explore any thoughts that you had and how they might have impacted it. So what were you feeling? How might this have influenced what you said or did what were you feeling before, during, and after the situation? So, really dig into the feelings and thoughts. The third step is evaluation. And this is both the good and bad. And here you've got that chance to evaluate what worked and what didn't work. And again, try and be as objective and as honest as possible, focusing on both the positive and the negative aspects of the situation. Even if you think something was in a mitigated disaster, hunt the good, all right? Hunt the positive as well in there. Now, The next one is about analysis and making sense of the situation. This is where you've got a chance to really dig deep and think about, you know, how do you make sense of this? How can you extract meaning from it? Because you want to be able to target the different aspects of what went well or poorly and ask yourself why. And this is a step that's often missed. Do an evaluation, but we don't take the time to analyse and make sense of it. And this is where the learning magic can really happen. Then we go into the conclusion, and this is about what you've learned, what you could have done differently. You might want to summarize your learning and highlight uh, what changes to your actions could have improved a situation and the situation in the future. And then you're moving into an action plan for the final step. And this is really thinking about what would you do differently or similarly if you were faced with a related situation in the future. And it can be really helpful here to think about question. So if I had to do the same thing again, what would I do differently? How can I develop the skills that I need? How can I make sure that I act differently next time? So you're looking for triggers and building those habits. But building that plan, that action plan at the end of this can help you to continue to learn and improve in that learning loop and the more you can get into the habit of reflecting systematically about your leadership experiences the better because it can help you build self-awareness it can help identify strengths and areas for development that systematic sense making is a really powerful tool for learning and also then you are creating a plan to improve the important point here is just having an experience does not mean we learn from it we need to take action through this kind of reflection to make sure that you do. And notice while you're doing it, if you're blaming someone else or yourself, then bring in that mindset and the heart set, that learning mindset and heart set to help. Okay, right. Moving into the third and final part, which is about how to develop a learning culture in your team. Now, first of all, build learning into everything you do. So it's not an add-on. This is like you know, the learning from experience I've just talked about for you, but this is for your team. So a really an easy and super impactful thing to do is to hold postmortems, or I prefer the term after action review because it's slightly less gruesome. So sitting down with your team after an event and reflecting together, you know, keep the questions consistent and simple. You might want to ask, what were our intended results? And then what were our actual results? What led to our results? Will we do the same next time? What will we do differently next time? And then how will we ensure this happens? So you're building this into that institutional knowledge to support others in similar situations as well. Now this has got the added benefit of opening up conversation, modeling a really great non-judgmental reflective process. And it also strengthens the team through open, honest dialogue a little note here you do need psychological safety and clear parameters for this interaction so listen to the last episode about building a high-performing team as well Um, so that's really helpful that post-mortem you could also do a pre-mortem or a before action review and again work through those questions you know what are our (laughs) intended results what challenges can we anticipate what have we or others learned from similar situations And then what will make us successful this time? And I find so often that we don't take long enough in the what have we or others learned from similar situations question. And taking the time to do this beforehand can really pay dividends in the long run. So that's the after action review and the before action review. Strategy two is just bring learning and sharing of knowledge into your team meetings. It doesn't need to be huge. It could just be an activity at the start of a meeting to ask everyone to share something that they've learned this week. You know, perhaps it might be a mistake that they've made, normalising the mistakes as learning opportunities as you're doing this. You might also build in opportunities to learn as a group, perhaps having a team book or article club where you all read and share your biggest takeaway. Or one person reads something one month and then shares in a five to ten minute presentation. You know, you you learning a skill together but building learning in in short sharp focused bursts and can be really powerful as a team and the final strategy this links to the last episode episode 14 in building high performing teams because high performing teams learn together but they don't just learn stuff they learn how to get better at working together And this means normalising the reflective process that I've just described and thinking together about how you're working together. So you might want to review a meeting. You might want to review the norms that you have in place. You might want to review your communication. The thing is to get into the habit of reflecting and reviewing how you work together and then celebrating, tweaking or dropping things. You know, do more of what's working and less of what's not. It sounds simple and easy, but it's not so easy and it's also not common. Most of the time we do things because we've always done them and it's the same in teams, even if it doesn't work. So get curious and compassionate and explore the how as well as the what. Okay, that's it for today, folks. We have explored the learning mindset and heartset. Learning from your perspective as a leader and whatever your level might be with two frameworks then to take ownership of your learning and development. And we've also looked at learning from the perspective of your team with after action reviews and before action reviews and making learning part of all you do and then learning as and for your team about how you work together. Now, there will be a blog coming soon, a blog post coming soon all about this. But in the meantime, you can download a resource in the show notes for all of these models that I've mentioned today because I appreciate there's a lot of information for you. Um, But you can download that, you can listen again, and you can be positively leading with learning. So I'm so grateful that you're here with me and that you are listening each week again. Thank you so much. So until the next episode, keep on positively leading. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Positively Leading. I hope you found it helpful in your journey to becoming a better leader. And if you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. Your feedback not only helps me grow, but also helps others discover the podcast and join our community of positive leaders. And if you'd like to work with me, you can head over to sarahowling.com to find out how. Thanks once again for listening. And remember, The world needs more brilliant leaders just like you. So keep on positively leading.